Welcome back, everybody, to another Rules of the Arena episode. We are sitting down this week. Uh, Justin was kind enough to come up for the weekend. And we got together at Rules of the Arena headquarters, also known as my house. And we sat down with my gym owner, <laughs> as Casey gives me weird looks. Uh, we sat down with my gym owner, Matt Dryden. He owns the body shop in Shell Lake in Spooner, Wisconsin. He also owns a bunch of other businesses that we went in, down into. And it was a really fun episode. Talk to him about his experience and why he owns multiple businesses. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to everyone to Rules of the Arena. We are coming to you live from Spooner. Justin is back for another week in a row. Uh, Howdy. Sitting in as a celebrity co-host. You know, Ben got... Well, Ben had that whole hip thing. <laughs> they wouldn't let him out of the home till it right. healed, so I, I had to come step COVID, back. the nurses aren't letting him I couldn't out, leave so. you alone. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Not without him. And this week, we're sitting down with the owner of my gym and my favorite gym, North Highway 8, uh, The Body Shop. Thanks, Matt, for coming down with us. Absolutely. Do you just want to introduce yourself to the folks listening? Uh, Matt Dryden, born and raised in, for the most part, Charlotte, Wisconsin. 49 years old and loving life. <laughs> so you, you you own the body shop. You have Matt's ice cream stand, which is in the parking lot of the body shop, which is cheating. That's not fair. <laughs> Diversification is what I've always been told when it comes to business. Make sure you're getting them from all angles. Right. So. You also do boat rentals on yeah. top of that. Is there anything else you're doing? Did I miss anything? I do have a mobile shave ice stand that we go to festivals okay, and yeah. fairs and do that, too. Yeah, so, I imagine that's um, been kind of slow now. Yeah, that hasn't really moved this year. Um, oh, I work for a company just north here by Dunn Lake. Sure. I do that in the winter in the morning. So, <laughs> you know, that's my downtime when everything else ceases, then I have to find something else to do. So I actually hold a morning job. When do you sleep then? Uh, it, it's sporadically. Uh, I get to the point where I'll, uh, if I fall asleep, I'm fine. But as soon as I wake up, all of a sudden it's like brain starts firing. And then it's hours later, you know, I'm sitting in the living room watching TV, writing notes and playing on the computer going, I should probably go to bed. It's four o'clock in the morning and I have to get up in two hours. <laughs> well, you said you're born, born and raised here in Shell Lake. I was born in Chicago, Des Plaines, Illinois. Um, I think we moved up when I was four or five. So I consider Shell Lake home. Always sure. has been my home. What was it like growing up for you? I mean, what were what it was school awesome. like? What did your parents do around here? Um, parents, my mother was a stay-at-home mom, which was amazing. You'd come home after school. Um, she baked cakes and, and, and bakery products for people on the side. So it'd be graduation time, and every day I got home from school off the bus, it'd be like leftover cake and frosting. and <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, my dad, to be honest, we didn't see him much. I mean, he's sort of like me. He's held two to three jobs at a time. Um, he'd be up in the morning before we got up, and he'd come home late at night, and sometimes we wouldn't see him for days, you know. So he was a head maintenance guy for a long time at the Shell Lake School District, and then during the day, and then at night he'd be working for either Shell Lake Police Department or Spooner Police Department. So he'd come home, catch two or three hours of sleep, and do it again. You know, we were a one-income family with five of us. Right. You know, I remember one Christmas I got a, a wooden duck that rolled an egg on its back, and that was my Christmas present. Oh, and we always got a can of... Uh, Black olives. So that was my favorite thing. So that was a good Christmas for us. It, it was weird, but that was my that was my upbringing. It sounds like you passed down the work ethic down to you, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I absolutely love it. I am not a stay still person. And I can now attribute that to my great love of ADHD. Um, I thought I was just... You get that life. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was just a very eccentric, couldn't, couldn't keep on track squirrel type guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, it's just... It keeps me moving all the time. I went from... 
four jobs at one time to one because I got a full-time promotion with benefits. Mm -hmm. And I did that for about six months. And I was starting to pull my hair out because I didn't have more to do. It's yep. like, I need something. Yep. yep. <laughs> Picked up two more after it's, that. <laughs> it's that simulation. I've always had two to three jobs at a time. And I just, I find that if I go too long at one thing, it, it just doesn't work for me brain-wise. I need to be constantly doing something else. So that's, that's where that kind of sits in. That's how... I mean, I'm a bartender. Yeah. It's, if I can chip away at 30 different things small, it's a little, <laughs> little dopamine hits because everything's yeah, different. Right. It's every, another little problem to solve. And yeah. It's uh, <clears throat> with the way it sounds like you do things. It's like I've always said about at least my industry. It sounds like it works for you as well. We're not inhibited. We have a superpower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have found that I don't like the meds that they gave me mm -hmm. because it suppressed my appetite. Then I'd get hangry about four in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling good because I haven't eaten all day. Um, and I just found that. I don't want to live like that. Yeah. I would rather be eccentric and use my superpower for the good of all and um, create more businesses. You know, and that's, how I think, how I got where I am. I didn't know anything when I went in most of these. I figured it out as I did. <laughs> yeah, go a little off topic. I was in the same boat for two, two or three years in high school. I went from a generic brand that was depressant, and then that was Friday night. Friday, we stopped it. Monday, I was taking Ritalin as mm -hmm. a... As a um, a stimulant. Yeah. And that's just like after about <laughs> six months of that, it's like, I'm done. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was weird because I looked at my bottle and I'm like, oh, amphetamine salts. And they're like, you have to block those receptors. So we're going to give you speed to slow your brain process down. Mm -hmm. and, and so like companies will send me like pre-workouts to try in that. And I'm like, I'm the <laughs> worst one to sample a pre-workout. <laughs> so I give them out to everybody in the gym. I'm like, try this out and see. Because I take them and I'm like, I just want to go to bed. It's just like, uh, it just slows me down mm -hmm. too much. Um, don't have that problem. No. no. That total war is what I got. <laughs> Justin, why am I shaking? <laughs> I can feel my hair grow. First time I opened it, I, you know, pout, I was in my car and just powder went everywhere. Whoa, all right, and I'm I awake. I you, I was like, don't take more than a scoop and a half on your first go, because I did two. Uh, nothing ever worked. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like full body tingles. And yeah. Yeah, oh, you're doing gosh. 110 and a 55. Yeah. <laughs> and you forgot your car. Yeah. <laughs> I should go back and get my car real quick. Yeah, I've seen that. There's a picture going around. It's uh, So I mixed my, instead of water, I used Red Bull in my coffee this morning. Yeah. I got halfway to work before I realized yeah. I forgot my car. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> words taste like peaches today. <laughs> so being, oh, being a gym owner and being you know the ADD or ADHD, I mean, did you play any sports growing up? I played basketball. I tried football for about two days. That was way too much work. I did not enjoy putting all that clothing on, sweating like crazy, running down the field, trying to hit somebody as hard as I can, as fast as I can. I'm like, yeah, I like catching the ball, but that was the only part of football I liked. Um, played basketball. You know, I, I'm one of the typical, like, my training regime or regiment started the day practice started, and it stopped the day we lost our last game. <laughs> so it was never like I'm hardcore sports. Sure. I was more like, yeah, I'll do it for fun. I just want to hang out with my friends, um, you know, sit with the cute cheerleaders back and forth <laughs> the away games. Other than that, it was, it was, it almost was work for me. Sure. I would rather go to my night jobs after school. Um, but it was, it was, it was that other little stimulus. I liked the sport. I liked playing. Um, I considered myself that person you put in when you want to hurt other people. I wasn't really good at my job, other than that. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I mean, 
I could push people around. show you've called me around. <laughs> yeah. call we played rugby together in college. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Which is a completely non-violent yeah. sport at yeah. all. Yeah. Don't put me in for the skill set. Just put put me in when you need to move somebody else around. <laughs> that was my role. After school, did you did you leave Shell Lake area oh. to go to school somewhere? Or? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't hang out. I didn't go to school because I hated high school. I found every excuse not to go to school on a given day. Um, my dad at that time was the head maintenance guy, so he'd know that I wouldn't show up. But he'd also I'd also go down there and hang out with him in the boiler room, and he and the other guy janitors are playing cards or something. Right. So, like, shouldn't you get back to class? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it was cool because I didn't do well in school. I had to have I was in special ed for my math. I mean, I'm horrible at some of those things that other kids would just click at. Yeah. Um, I struggled. I still struggle to a lot of those things this day. Thank goodness for. Google and, and how do I find the, the square footage of this space so I can get the right flooring amount. Um, but it wasn't, you know, school was very difficult for me and not fun at all. Yeah. Um, left, I moved to Chicago. I lived down there. I worked for Lens Crafters. I got into making eyeglasses and stuff. And, and then I transferred to St. Paul, Minneapolis, and I did that for Lens Crafters there. And then I went in to a another eyeglass company and I was I made eyeglasses I actually ground the prescriptions into them and everything there in a, in a large scale um, left there moved home for a little bit and then I like eh, my buddy lives out in California I'm gonna go visit him went out there put some applications around a couple weeks later a guy calls me and says hey you want a job I'm like moving to California <laughs> so I spent two and a half years no three and a half years out there got married moved back and you know Menominee Eau Claire and then finally um, back to Shell Lake in 07, sure. but I I wanted to see and do a couple different things. I didn't want to be just in Shell Lake and right. not experiencing anything else. And we went to River Falls, and it seemed like there were two types of people that went there. They wanted to move from their small town and go to a college that's still affordable. Yep. Or they were already living in River Falls, and they didn't want to leave. Yeah. I mean, there's those towns that are just perfect. Shell Lake was... And still is. It's a very small bedroom community. I mean, there isn't a lot to do. My wife and I loved going to the cities before all this stuff happened. Yeah. Um, we'd go there twice a month, go dancing. She loves dancing. I love dancing with her. We'd go out for a nice dinner. We'd get a hotel down at the Hilton or something, and we'd spend the night there, and we'd go out dancing until 2, 3 in the morning. That I can't do in Shell Lake. Right. But we still wanted the excitement of doing something. Because you come back to town and you're working, mm -hmm. you know, and you see the same people all day, every day, which is great, but sometimes it gets mundane. <laughs> I mean, I love them to death, but sometimes it's like, I need, I need a change. Yeah. What made you decide to go into self-employment, you know, business owner role rather than staying on the, the safe nine to five? If you I got tired of other people telling me what to do, how to do it. I mean, and it's not that they were wrong in it. I just found that, A, I, I couldn't just stick at the job. You know, I worked at Walmart Distribution Center for three and a half years, loading trucks, and then I was a supervisor, and that was fun for a while. But then I found it was just another job. Mm -hmm. I did um, eyeglass stuff. I did all the different variables of that. Seven and, a half year, seven and a half years later, I'm just like, it's the same thing, going to the same job, doing the same thing. Made good money at all of them. But when it came down to it, the money wasn't the important part. You know, I just felt like I was dying inside just going to the same job I didn't really care for. I did law enforcement for seven and a half years. I was a police chief for a small village north of Menominee. I uh, worked in the correctional facility. But even there, I always found I wasn't happy just doing. 
So um, I started the very first um, CERT team, Correctional Emergency Response Team. So it's like SWAT inside the jail, um, which was really cool. You know, we'd go in and get the guys out of the cells that didn't want to come out of the cells. So we got to play with pepper ball guns and, and OC cans the size of large fire extinguishers and, you know, pads and stuff. And But as soon as that wore off, I found myself searching for that next thing. And then we did, I was the hand-to-hand combat instructor, you know, and that was a great time. I was a professional communications instructor, and that was a good time. But it always led to what's next. And, and then I just decided, well, I didn't decide. My Achilles tendon on my left leg snapped. January 1st of the new year, my very first day of my gym membership at Gold's. <laughs> lost a year membership and <laughs> moved up to Spooner and opened the gym in 07. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was definitely a turning point in my life of what I wanted to do. Was it? So it was the gym, your first business that you started? Then kind of. Well, I've had other businesses. I used to own Dryden Decking and Roofing down in Menominee and Eau Claire for, well, I can't remember when that was. <laughs> I did that for three or four years, and I did that as a side job. So I'd work Walmart Distribution Center Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I'd do roofing and decking all the other days. Um, again, just wanting to, right. to infuse that. Um, what was yeah. your first first rodeo if you will no i no but the gym has definitely been the most professional one i've done only because the amount of legal stuff we have to go through and do Mm -hmm. you know you you start a roofing company you sign some paperwork you send to the state so they get their share of the money big deal you get insured you know what you're doing i've done that because i used to work for contractors and i'm like i could do this myself i did my own um but the gym was it's probably my my pride and joy of what I've of what I've started as my own businesses. And was it a tough sell to your wife or family to hey I want to I want to get out and I want to take a risk on opening up a gym. Well, that would be wife number one. So. <laughs> um, so it was yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we lived in Eau Claire. We wanted to be closer to grandparents, which is up here in Shell Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an opportunity for me to come in and buy the location I'm at now from a gentleman that had a very small fitness club there. And I started doing personal training years before that because during one of our law enforcement years, you had to get certifying credits. And they happened to have a personal training credit that the state had approved. So that's when I became a personal trainer. Um, so I was doing personal training for like other deputies and, and, and people that wanted help. And then the technical college wanted me to come in and I did um, health and nutrition for like in services for officers, you know, how to eat a little better, get some more exercise, you know, get out of that car a little bit. Um, and then I really found that was my passion. Mm-hmm. It's always been wanting to see a person do better. And when I realized that that's what I wanted to do, starting the gym was a no brainer. I mean, there was a lot of lot of hiccups on the way getting to that point our three local banks turned me down yes like nobody wanted to take me on i sold all my state retirement you know put into this thing wrote my own business plan um and out of the blue um i got i got a i got a banker that called me and said hey we want to we want to help you out i thought i was dead in the water and then boom Mm -hmm. that happened so did you ever have anyone telling you like when i started the podcast it was a byproduct of that i want to own my own gym someday mm-hmm. as well and of course my well, my dad who used to run his own business lost it because of competition and such mm-hmm. but of course he he saw what he lost and the dollar amount attached to that and goes no stay with corporate america stay there it's safe your it's safe and that's usually the thing it's safe yeah 
but you look at it and you see these numbers out now, especially when we had all these closures. Forty some percent of businesses in America are small owned, family owned. Um, they're not corporate America. Now they may make more money than everybody else does. Um, but I think the the wonderful part is there's a lot of people out there that work day in and day out to have their own business. And my dad was that person. He was he's very he had nothing. He made himself who he is today because of decisions financially that he did. Worked a bunch of jobs, savings accounts, retirement accounts, did what he did. I think he was skeptical, um, but he wasn't don't do it. Um, the other day, we were sitting down with my uncle, and we're not a huge emotional family. You know, it's not like, hey, Dad, I absolutely love you, big hugs, da da da, da. You know, we've never been that way. Um, but when he talks about me to other people, um, he's very proud you know, he, he, he says things like he's really he's really done well for himself and stuff. And that makes me feel good. And that makes me strive even harder to do the next thing that's going to be that success for me. Mm-hmm. And it, it pushes me every day to do do better than I did the day before. So in here in northern Wisconsin, it's not nearly as saturated market as down the Twin Cities. You throw a rock, it's going to land next to uh, Planet Fitness. Oh, yeah. Or, or anytime. Anytime. Or snap. Yeah. Or all these little personal CrossFit gyms that are popping right. up. But did ever did you ever get worried about picking the wrong location or maybe the gym just not the right way to go? Because there's that high risk of failure in certain markets like gyms and as you've seen and bars right. and restaurants and such. You know, I think I'm not a fad type person. I remember the cigar fad. To early 2000s, I think it was, cigar bars in Eau Claire. Barton Barstow had a great cigar, you know, whiskey, hard liquor. You know, that went well for four years, and that went belly up. So I've learned that even in fitness, I don't jump onto the fat train. I mean, I'm basically, here's your machines, here's your free weights, let's teach you the basics, because they'll never, they'll never steer you wrong. Um, you know, I come from a very religious family, though, too. I mean, there's a lot of prayer that went into all this stuff. Um, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, he's that guy. <laughs> you know, but it, it, it's what works for me. Yeah. And, it, and it's what has set me and kept me where I want to be today. And, and so I don't just rush into things. I'm a very well thought out. It takes me like six months to buy a TV. And by the time I buy the right. TV, the next mile is already out. <laughs> so then I got to decide, do I just research that one? I mean, I'm horrible at that. But when I started the gym, I could never reproduce Shell Lake anywhere else and have the success I have because of my community my community and being able to put hundreds of dollars of products out on the shelf and go this is on the honor system if you buy something mm-hmm. you that's huge I couldn't do that in Rice Lake south of us right. without yeah. getting robbed absolutely um, so I'm very fortunate to be in the community I am um, Shell Lake only has 1300 people who would have thought a gym would ever work there right. well it doesn't <laughs> And I'll tell you why, because I had to go get my other job that I do in the winter to support myself on the bills that I was short every day. But then Spooner came around in 2012. Mm-hmm. Civic Center was going out. I started there. That, with the populace, helped start Offset Chalet. Sure. Then I started to see more forward momentum. Other than that, it was like, I'm doing this. I'm not giving up. And, you know, I'll work another job or two on the side if I have to to make this gym work, because... Gosh darn it, I'm going to make it work. (laughs) (laughs) And do you still have a location in Trigo? Well, we did. The DOT bought the building I was in, Mm -hmm. because that was more of our 
air quotes CrossFit because they can't call it CrossFit. Um, but they bought the building because they're doing a big road project there. So we lost that building. So instead of trying to find another building, we just decided to close that out, sold a bunch of that equipment, and moved a bunch to Shelton. Now, did you have the affiliation with the CrossFit company? No, that's why we never went CrossFit. Sure. I, I was just curious because of everything going on with them right now, and I've seen hundreds of gyms cut ties with their corporate office. Oh, really? See, and that's the other part. I don't really f- stay up on a lot of those things because I know what works for me, and I don't really follow any... I don't really watch the news or anything because I tell you, by the when I'm done, my blood pressure is so stinking high, I just want to rip somebody's head off by the time I'm done watching it. I'm on Facebook just Good to promote the gym. gym. Huh? Good thing you have yeah, a gym. Yeah, right? I mean, the other night I was out there, I had club gym, I had all the dance floor lights going, I had the, the speakers pulling because I was just... I'm so tired of all this crap that's going on in society. Um, I just find that I don't follow a lot of things anymore because whatever happening is out there is there. I'm the, I'm the ostrich. I'm, my sandbox is Spooner and Shell Egg. I'm going to stick my body in there and just whatever happens, happens. Um, but, I, you know, Shell Lake was my saving grace as far as my outlet. I do a lot of my boxing there for myself. I do... A lot of my own lifting there, and it just helps alleviate those stresses that I that I get on a daily basis. And I like so I've been working out at the Shell Lake location now since I moved up here in November eighteen ish. I think I popped in about January after I've been hunting around for a gym. Yeah, I came from a powerlifting strongman gym. Yeah, that's falls, right. And I was trying to find something like that up here, and it's like I'm I'm hit, you know. Yep. Just shooting or batting a thousand on yeah. all that around here, but. I like that there's that back garage area. It's kind of like this man cave. You mentioned you have the disco lights up there. and the freaking love music. it. I'm it's so awesome. excited to see this yes. thing. He's, he's going to take me out one of these days. Man, so I freaking love it. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, that was, you know how that happened? Got a divorce. I'm like, I'm going to reinvent myself. So she took my double-decker pontoon. She took my car trailer. I kept all the debt and gave her everything I can. Gave her a bunch of cash. I'm like, no, this is personal property. I'm going to reinvent myself. And I and that was my goal is now I have a double-deck pontoon that's 45 feet long, 12 feet wide, and holds 45 people, you know. Um, I, I, I'm not a I'm not an old, poor me type person. I'm like, screw you. I'm going to show you what I can do. And that's sort of where Spooner came from. <laughs> I used to have to walk outside my gym out the front door and then go in that other door right next to it. I got tired of doing that. And that used to be a big service center. So I took a sledgehammer one day, and I'm like, check both sides, make sure there was nothing there. And I basically blew a hole through there with a sledgehammer. And I called my buddy, um, Dustin. I'm like, hey, I got a hole in my wall. Could you come and see about putting a door here for me, please? I don't know what happened. (laughs) I tripped. He's like, what did you do? I'm like, I'm really tired of walking outside all the time to go to this other part. I spent probably three months one summer degreaser and a putty knife because it was a, it was an automotive heavy equipment service center for since the 80s 70s oh god oh it was horrible yeah. i mean if you look on the ceiling you can see where the degrace degreaser is because it's white <laughs> on a black ceiling and those are the walls and i scrub brush and degreaser i had no fingerprints by the end of that summer i could have committed some serious crimes and gotten away with it <laughs> they would have never phoned me you don't know if he did or not <laughs> yeah, right. you'll never know <laughs> but you know it's one of those things <laughs> but but those are the things is that that's just how i sort of work and i'm like I don't mind putting that time in because my end product was exactly where I wanted it. I have people that come up 
Atlanta, Georgia, Stevens Point, Green Bay, and they're like, this is freaking amazing. I wish we had something like this in mm-hmm. our place. And I don't think you could reproduce it and be successful with it. Did you try to reproduce it or take that same blueprint, if you will, in the Spooner location? Or no. This... Spooner is its own little niche. Um, Spooner is very much more of my general fitness populace. And since we opened in 2012, I would imagine 60, 70% of my populace is 60 and older. It's a great gym. Absolutely love it. And anytime fitness center was going out of business because he's like, screw this, I'm tired of dealing with this corporate bull crap, I'm done. <laughs> Sold me the whole fitness center, just everything. The ADA machine off the wall, the mirrors. We took 53 foot uh, semi truck down with a lift gate and a bunch of trailers and we loaded this whole gym up one day um, and brought it up here. But I knew Spooner would never be what Shelly could be because we don't have that separation. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to have guys going in there, yeah, yeah, come on, man, yeah, you know, and grunting and groaning. And they got grandma over there going, you know, cowering as close to the front of the treadmill as she possibly can be. Um, but it, that, that was the cool part, though, is that's what Shelly used to be before mm-hmm. I blew that hole in the wall was <laughs> you'd see some of my big lifters leg pressing like 900 pounds. <laughs> and you take this startled look from these people in the front. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I see I have a means of two different yeah, groups. Absolutely. And Spooner is phenomenal. Spooner is perfect for what we have in Spooner. You drive five and a half miles south and you can get into the garage gym. Yeah. I've got people that are driving from Hayward and driving from 45 minutes south now to come up to that to that location because they're starting to hear about it and they're just absolutely loving it so it's what attracted me to it my cousin eric told me yeah go check it out yeah take a look at you know just so you know it's kind of dirty and rusty in in the back room that sounds perfect (laughs) (laughs) i'm sold (laughs) you know and and now with summertime i got that squat rack outside i've got a bench outside we open those big 14 foot double garage doors and you take your weights outside you Mm -hmm. flip the tires out there there's just something about that. I call it the Venice Beach of Shell Lake. Yeah. You know, you can get outside, you can overlook the beach, you can check out the scenery, and then you can get your workout in at the same time. And as a member, I like the community that's there. I mean, like we're talking to Kiko last week. Yeah, last week. You And to be able to, hey, I'm having this issue with this lift. You mind help me work mm-hmm. through it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody that works in that back room kind of has that same mentality. And I, I absolutely, and, and I can't say enough about our members. I, I say it in my Facebook page, and I'm like, but you don't understand. Our members are what makes us what we are. Because I can go to Gold's in, in Eau Claire, and everybody has their earphones in. Everybody's doing their own thing. And everybody's just, you know, there's no interaction. There's no sociability. Heck, half the time i got to tell Kiko, you got, you going to lift tonight? Or, you know, you're still in your street clothes and you've been here an hour and a half. You haven't made it through the past the, past the desk. But yeah, he's definitely not a talker. No, no. But you know what? That's, that's what makes Kiko Kiko because he was willing to stop and help absolutely anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes his lifts reflect that because he doesn't get them in all the time. Um, but you see the successes that he's help some of these younger kids with i mean and, and i i set people up i'm like you know who you need to talk you need to talk to kiko because they they have this certain desire or want um 
And if it wasn't for people like Kiko being able to step in and help some of these kids, I don't think they'd be where they are today. No, that's the big thing for me. You know, I was going to Hudson High School. They have some good gym teachers there, but the fine-tuning definitely yeah. wasn't there. And then that's how I met my coach, gone to Strongman, then come up here. and It's been kind of fun. If, you know, On occasion, someone will ask me a question, especially if I was working with the axle bar. And yeah. Clean and press with that. And I'm, what are you doing? I'm trying to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to pick up my phone tomorrow, so I'm doing deadlifts. <laughs> oh, God. Thumbless dead, deadlifts on an axle bar. Yeah, it's great. It's great grip training. Mm-hmm. But oh, absolutely, it sucks. Yeah, that it sucks. I notice when I use my thumbs now, my tendonitis flares up in my arm. Mm-hmm. So I'm always doing a dead li- a dead grip because even when I bench, once I start wrapping that thumb around, I start getting a lot of forearm tendon issues. But I've done physical labor my whole life, sure. so it's one of those things that you have to figure out what works for you. And what's really cool is. When you have that group of people like that, you have so many different experiences in their lifetime. You know, I've had amateur bodybuilders come up. I've had figure competitors come up out of Menominee and stop and use it. Um, we had um, Dave Osland, um, one of the world heavy... Um, awesome, what is he? Um, strongman competitors yeah. stop in from the cities um, with his buddy Cal Dietz, who, run, who is the director of the University of Minnesota Strength Training Program. I've met so many people that I would have never imagined meeting in my lifetime because through the gym. So, um, and you see Dave Oslin, and I think he's six 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 seven three hundred some pounds. I stood next to him, and I, I looked like a I looked like a dwarf next to that guy. He was just huge, <laughs> you know. But he had the yoke out front. He's got that thing loaded up. I don't know eight nine hundred pounds, and he's yoke carrying that across my parking lot. I mean, you saw people almost crash and look I'm like rubbernecking around. Um, so we've had some great experiences, and, and you know what? He was probably the most gentle, kindness, most respectful person. Not the most, but you know, he just had that way about him. Um, and those are really cool to meet people like that that are so passionate about their sport that they're willing to take the time and try to introduce <coughs> or explain or help other people. Um, and he doesn't even know them. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Going back to the business side of the house. When you're looking at opening the gyms, you mentioned that you wrote your own business plan. Mm-hmm. In that, were you looking at this is how many members I need to get a return oh, yeah. investment? I do every day. I go, okay, how many members do I need to pay a $300 electric bill? How many members does it take to pay this? How many members does it take to replace a, a belt and a treadmill on a, on a machine where it's going to cost me $700 to do it? I'm always looking at it per member. Curiosity, since I mean, like I've never been there. I've just my first time meeting you. Mm-hmm. Like, what do your rates look like? I mean, okay, I, I'm I'm down in the Twin Cities. So I mean, I've seen everything from upwards of two hundred dollars a month, and I've seen as low as like eighteen dollars. Yeah, a month. yeah. And see, and that's and that was a tough part when I decided to start this because I think when I started in two thousand seven, the other gentleman had it for like twenty seven dollars a month. And I'm putting, I'm doing these numbers. I'm like, I'm screwed. There's no way I'm making a go at this thing. Um, but then I'm like, you know, I'm not going to screw people out of a membership just to get more money, but I want to give them an experience that they feel is worthwhile for what they're going to pay. And that's really what I, what I strive for. It's the same with my boat rentals. You get on my boats and I have a 1999 pontoon. You look, get on that thing. The seats are immaculate. The floor is immaculate because I want to make sure whoever does business with me has the experience the experience that they're 
that they're paying for something of value. Mm -hmm. So when I charge $50 a month, if you do month to month, yeah, and I don't have a pool and I don't have a sauna, but we have 24 access. All your classes are free. You can come and go between two gyms. Um, people in the city is like, ah, oh, I, I can join, you know, Planet Fitness for $10. Or I can play, I can um, join, you know, Anytime Fitness for $35 a month. And I'm like, rock on, go for it, man. Yeah. Guess what? We don't have an Anytime Fitness around here. We don't have a, a Planet Fitness around here. You know, you're driving an hour, hour and a half to get to any of these things. I'm also not the person that's like, well, I'm going to, you know, take advantage of people and they don't have anything, so I'm going to, to rake them over the coals. I think when people join, if you're really serious about your fitness, you're, you're going to, you'd be willing to pay for a quality location. And I think that's what I always come down to. My two managers that I have, Michelle and Spooner and Linda and, and Shell Lake, you are not going to find two better people, not only from the aspect of the business, but the way they treat our customers. They know them. They know their names. They know their families. They know what's happening in their families. I mean, it's more of a, I always tell people, I said, welcome to the fitness family because you're more than just a, pay, a paycheck for us. You're more than just a membership. We want to know you. You need help with something, you let us know. I help so many people out that I don't even charge personal training fees because I want them to come in and go, I feel comfortable here. I feel like I'm gonna do better in life here because I'm gonna be stronger. I'm gonna be able to walk that extra mile. I'm gonna be able to do my daily tasks. And so when I look at my fitness and I look at my pricing, sometimes I question it, but the other times I'm like, we offer a lot of quality stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's where like I've told you, but like I go to one from the cities that I'm not gonna jump in any names on it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's none of the ones we've mentioned. We'll say that. <laughs> um, and my whole thing was, is very much like what he likes. Like mine has a pool, it has a sauna, it has mm -hmm. tanning beds. Mm -hmm. I still don't care. Mm -hmm. um, I am there to lift heavy things. I do my cardio at home if I'm doing cardio. I get outside and do it even when it's wintertime. But it's one of those things where it's like... It looks like, like it's going to rain, so I skip my run, my, my run today. Yeah, yeah running. Rain's free. Oh, clouds. Can't go today. Yeah, skip, <laughs> skip that. Snow's not an excuse. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things where, you know, like we're, I'm paying a very cheap fee a month. But would gladly, like you said, pay a little bit more for something that's like that. Whereas, like right now, it's like okay, I pay, I think like twenty three dollars a month or something like that. And yeah. I'm like one of the higher end plans. Neighbors. And it's like stupid crazy. But at the same time, I mean, they also have, I mean, several hundred yes. members, if at minimum. Yeah. And it's like okay, cool. Well, I'm only using free weights, yep. bench, Olympic sets. You know, whatever. I'm not. I'm not the guy that's out there on you know the bicep curl machine who's like, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe I should do more. <laughs> um, but it's. Still, I mean, I get what you're saying though. It's it's a whole different environment, and that's where I can appreciate a lot of this. I mean, him talking about his origin story. It's not sound a lot like what you're doing here and what I'm doing here. But it's like, yeah, you no. Know, you want you want people to feel welcome. You want to give them that experience because if you genuinely enjoy what you're doing. It will help them to enjoy that much more. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Gordon asked, he goes, when do you sleep? You know, the other morning I was up at 5. I, I leave the <laughs> blinds I open. pre-workout. Yeah. <laughs> I leave the blinds open. So about 5, 5, 5.30, I'm waking up. I was out cleaning boats at 6 o'clock in the morning. I didn't come back inside that night till 10.30 that night. I mean, and not once have I woken up and gone, oh, frick. I got to go to work. There, I consider myself semi-retired. Because I don't, I truly don't feel like I'm working a job. I mean, 
my managers take care of the gyms. I sign the checks for the bills. I fix equipment when I need to. I talk to a, a member if there's an issue or something. But for the most part, there isn't a time that I just feel like I'm working anymore. And it's and it's absolutely amazing. I get to work next to my wife, who she is my best friend in the world. We are an amazing team. And every time she goes back to school to teach in the fall, I, I it's like, oh, you know, because we spend all day together working these jobs and after about three years she's finally quit griping about it um (laughs) but what what was really cool is i get to spend all my work time in the summer with my best friend Mm -hmm. i mean how many people could say that that wouldn't be just an awesome time you know so it's it's I've, i've never i've never looked at my jobs or my business as work anymore yeah and i that's my goal to get back yeah. to self-employment I did my own I ran a painting business for a few years oh I don't miss that though yeah it, I don't miss roofing yeah when you find yourself on a, a 150 foot boom lift uh-huh. with a 20 foot extension coming out of the bucket yeah 100% OSHA approved of course. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like you're the smallest question. guy to be thrown in that bucket to begin with right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you start to question there's, yeah. there's easier ways to make money right? <laughs> Wait, you mentioned you know, you put together your own business plan, yeah. and a bunch of the banks oh, yeah. turned you down at first. Did you start to think that, well, maybe I should find investors or maybe a business partner to get this off the ground? My first thought was maybe I should have taken more time to write my business plan. <laughs> here's heard that. Here's my here's my gist of a business plan, and it was told to me by a business plan writer. Make up a bunch of numbers and justify them. I'm like, how? <laughs> How are you going to pay? How are you going to pay your bills? Right. They want to know how their investment will be safe. Well, if I had this many members and I did this and blah, 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 okay, you know, I thought it was sort of ridiculous myself because again, not having any business background in that, I just had a passion. I knew what I wanted to do. I made up numbers and I made them work. You know, but the business plan for me was probably the most troublesome thing to do because I don't want to lie about what I'm doing but at the same time I want that loan to get going um you know it was um what was the question (laughs) (laughs) no if you thought after being turned down so many Mm -hmm. times did you think that oh what if I bring a business partner what if I get some investors to just get things off the ground no because I didn't want to be accountable to anybody but myself if I made a mistake. Um, my dad offered to help, and he actually did throw in some extra to satisfy this. Um, I worked my butt off, and I paid him back in within a couple years. But I don't... The gentleman that helped me start my, my 24-7 version of my gym, his best friend was his partner when he opened two Anytime Fitness Centers in the cities. Their friendship dissolved over business dealings. I didn't want that. I didn't want money from relatives. I didn't want a partner. Because if I didn't succeed, I wanted it to fall on my shoulders and my shoulders only. If I succeeded, I wanted it to fall on my shoulders and my shoulders only. Not that I didn't want to give other people that praise, but I didn't want to I didn't want to take somebody down with me if I didn't make it. And I didn't want to ruin any good friendships or relationships because of those decisions. Mm-hmm. It's a hard balance to keep. Absolutely. Because I would have loved to have the extra income and cash, but then I'm like, I think it made me appreciate it more because it really made me work hard for mm-hmm. it. And every every dime I spent, I'm like, okay, is this going to the right place? 
Funny thing, there is not one piece of new equipment in that facility, mm-hmm. Spooner or Shell Lake. I'm okay with it. Huh? Which I'm okay. I search out people that are... Well, you love tetanus, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we get a discount for tetanus shots over at the hospital. He's like, fuck you. I can feel it working. <laughs> it's a total war of tetanus. Uh, but, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm thrifty, but yet I, I want to make sure that my members get what they deserve and what they expect. But I really, again, I don't feel like going out... I don't think it's you have to go out and spend $8,000 on a treadmill with a TV when I can find a $3,000 treadmill reconditioned through a buddy in, in Cameron that that's all he does is recondition and buy from big box stores. I do that. I mean, my entire gyms are refurbished things, and you would never know it. Well, the whole point is just step on it. Well, and, 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 and you know, free weights. I mean, steel plates. Um, hey, Matt, uh... I got these weights that were sitting out in my garage for, you know, for the last 10 years since my kid left for college. And, you know, do you want them? I'm like, well, do they have a two-inch hole in the middle? Yep. Yep. Drop them off. <laughs> we had 8,000-some-plus pounds of steel plates in the gym before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out and organized them all by brand. Um, I sold probably 1,000 pounds worth of it. We're still sitting on seven, and then a bunch of people gave me more. I'm sitting on 7,000 plus pounds, and I might have either gotten them for free or paid like 25 cents a pound. Um, Which brand new, I think down at like Dick's and Woodbury, it's a buck. Oh, they're a buck a pound. pound. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've never, I mean, I've never actually looked because I yeah. knew I didn't want to. Don't even look now. Yeah, I didn't want to have any thought about that. No. <laughs> I've been selling them for 250 280 a pound on, plus shipping on um, eBay. I'm like, well, if I'm not using them, and yeah, it's really cool. I found a guy that is a collector out in north carolina so he bought some avanco plates and stuff he's like oh those are cool i'd love them for my collection i'm like rock on does <laughs> he hang them on his wall yeah i'm not sure i was wondering that too was, and I'm it, like, was it eight by eights at his walls hangs them with lag screws <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do you gotta get a couple more of those hundred pound plates in there you only have two at the time huh? no i have four do you Oh, where are the other two? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I've got them. Where are they? <laughs> they were in the back of my truck while for wait for snow plowing. <laughs> but no, they're... Th- I don't know. Yeah. I thought it cracked me up on one of the younger <laughs> They're nice. They have a lip, so they're actually very easy to use. But for a leg press, you're starting weight on your leg press. You put 100 on each side, and people are like, oh, my God, that's too much. You'd be surprised. You know, the, the ergonomics and the, the pulleys and everything... I said, you know, so you, you use them a lot there. There's a younger kid who's going to do leg press. It's like his first day ever in a gym. He yeah. goes, hey, do you mind taking one of these plates off? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And I just grabbed it and racked it. And him and his four buddies are just staring at me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> oh, wait, you were asking me? <laughs> I'm the big one, big one with the funny years of grew up in a swamp. You remember. Yeah. You remember. So, of course, after you... So, what made that bank, you said they reached out to you and said they want to work with you. What was the difference? I have no idea. Uh, Grace of God, I'm not sure. I I, you give them the Shylock treatment? You took a photo of the Polaroid? (laughs) You know, I just... I was was really down. I'm like, I thought this was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I'm passionate about it. You know, why aren't people giving me a chance? And some of the banks were people that my folks have banked with since they moved up here. So, that's 40... 30 plus years of banking and, and loans and stuff. And I thought for sure that would be, you know, they'd look at it there. They could do a signature or whatever on it. Um, 
I, I was very shocked. And it was actually Johnson Bank out of Spooner. Jamie Morales called me. He goes, hey, I looked at your business plan. I'd like to help you out. Out of the blue. I mean, I thought I was dead in the water because I looked at all the major banks, the, the local Shell Lake Bank, the, the RCU Bank, and they're like, no, no, no. Um, Bank of the West up here when it was it. Um, and I'm just like, oh, I guess this isn't supposed to be. So I better find a job because I moved <laughs> up here. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, out of the blue. We called and, and that's what kicked me off. And from there, of course, now you have the funding for it. Yep. Now you have to get members. I mean, what kind of marketing were you doing when you first opened? I didn't do marketing. I'm not. Here's why. It's like Menards during this COVID thing. They quit <laughs> advertising because they had a they had a, a open market. I mean, nobody else was there, so they it's like funneled right to them. I looked at Shell Lake sort of being the same. Mm-hmm. There is no other fitness center. I had Curves in Spooner. I had the old Civic Center in Spooner. Um, but part of me was like never having gone to school for business. I, I, I take that back. I went back for a business administration degree because um, I'm like, ooh, this would be good to know. Well, I got there, and my first couple classes were like algebra um, and history and a bunch of other things and as i'm sitting there one night contemplating on why i have to write a paper on how i felt the pyramids were built (laughs) i realized screw this i'm not doing two years of this crud because i thought it was a waste of my time so i'm like okay business isn't my thing um you know so it was it was one of those things that word of mouth new owners got a lot of people coming back in talking it up in the community re giving it a new facelift, mm-hmm. you know, getting more equipment in there, um, getting rid of the carpeting flooring and, and, you know, doing things that I would hope would bring a fresh look that maybe people that were members before left for one reason or another. Um, and that works slowly. Um, you know, my gym down in Chalet, you know, like you said, in the summer, it has an ice cream stand out front. So <laughs> in the front of the gym looks like a coffee slash gift shop on one side and it looks like a, a service center on the other so you'd never know it was a gym um the buddy that helped get me going into the 24 7 goes i bet i bike past here every summer and he goes i've been on there for three years i never knew this was a gym you know um so it was one of those things of getting that information out to people you know and then i do things that hand stuff out to businesses and small marketing like that but you know print marketing you know that was sort of on the way out um, you know, like super expensive. And so it was like getting out there and talking to people, you know, getting getting in their face in a nice way. Um, but every time I had a chance to bring that up, you know, we would. Yeah. Do you use social media a lot for that? You said you mentioned you're on Facebook because of the gym, but do you see a lot of people coming in? So in 07, there were... I'll be honest. I dread social media. I do it because I have to now as a gym. And most of the times, I set the stuff up and I'm like, okay, Michelle, he's in my spooner. I'm like, do this. <laughs> um, she goes, can we have an Instagram page? I'm like, if you run it, you can have anything you want. I said, but don't put me anywhere involved in it because I have no idea, A, how to run it or really care. Because I find that, again, social media stresses me out more than it does me any good. And then I'm, but I find that with having those things, my brother who runs Dryden Wire mm-hmm. in town here, that's been a huge step off point for me because he reaches more people than any paper combined in Northwest Wisconsin. So he's like, let's put some ads out here. Yeah. That was a huge thing. Um, but when you have a brother that runs 
that, right. you can do that. Um, that I've seen as a big help. But what I also find is you come to town, unless you're looking for a gym, you're not going to look for a gym. Right. I can advertise the crud out of that newspaper, full-page ads, but unless you're in the market, flip, you're never going to see it. So that's why I really didn't do a whole lot, because if people are in the market, they're going to search you out. And if they're not, you don't have to worry about it. Um, and it took years for people to start coming around, and now, more than ever, our senior populace is getting more and more involved because the insurance companies can make more money off you if you're healthier than spending mm-hmm. diabetic medicine, heart medicine, cholesterol medicine. So they give you they give you discounted memberships or free memberships to keep you healthier. No, now this isn't probably you know exactly why they do it. <laughs> but if you don't have to pay all that money in medical stuff, why wouldn't you give a free membership to your members because that's going to keep them healthier longer. Mm-hmm. So that, that's been a big money thing. Money coming We've, in versus money going out. Yeah, exactly. I, it's basic rule of thumb for, for business. So our, our senior populace, 60 and over, has really boomed because I think there's more and more of a push. Stay healthier, stay active, do more, you know, be better quality in life. Okay, well, that's just pushing people towards us, which is why Spooner is set up the way it is because it's the perfect for that generation. It's easy to use. Mm-hmm. Every machine has a picture of the body part you're using. It has instructions on how to do it. Um, the treadmills are all nice and aligned out the window and there's TVs and everything Um, it's a great oh this is a nice gym you go to Shell Lake you're like yeah this is a nice gym (laughs) (laughs) a direct quote from you yeah (laughs) no it's funny I've been down at Shell Lake before and I've seen people kind of struggling to to navigate the pictures and the equipment I'm like hey do you want a hand Yeah, I know how that works yeah like, oh, so thanks you so much. You're yeah. so nice, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll come in to ask me another question. I have some death metal blurring. Like, Hold on, let me turn this down for a second. <laughs> Sorry. Kill the puppies, kill the puppies. <laughs> but for, of course, if you, you have a location of members and then, yep. you know, as a business owner, you got to protect yourself. you got to find insurance yep. for the equipment. And yep. I know 24-hour gyms. That was a little more of a challenge, only because there's... Jump through a couple hoops. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't horrible, um, you know, with my personal insurance and, you know, insuring eight different vehicles and boats and all these different things. I just, I talked to a couple people and said, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And um, I had two different people go out and sort of look around. And when it really comes down to it, there's only so many companies that really cover that right. stuff. So it's not like... Oh, there's 102 companies that will do fitness insurance. No, it really basically just shuffles down to a handful. Mm -hmm. Then you pick from that handful of what you think is going to work best for you. But, you know, for us, having security cameras, having the 24-hour door locking system with key card access, those things were beneficial because it gave them a sense of, well, security and safety. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know a lot of gyms that are 24, they don't like people or won't let people use, like, the free weights afterwards just in case. Um, we've never had that issue. You know, we've always we've always had that ability to use all those things. So we've got very fortunate. And it's, I think it's standard at every gym, the waiver agreement. Oh, yeah, you got your generalized, you know, jump through a million hoops. You know, and I always tell people, I'm like, sign this. You know, worst case scenario, they're going to find you in the alley because I'm going to drag you out there before I call the ambulance. <laughs> you know, I'm joking around about it. But, you know, when you walk into any gym, you're, on, you're not on your own, but you're taking... You're taking that liability upon yourself. 
Now, if something breaks on that machinery and it could be have been preventive, then that sort of comes back to the business. And that's why we're so um, making sure that the screws are tight and making sure everything. But, you know, those, those things are pretty indestructible. There's cables I have to replace because the plastic stuff wears out. That's more of a cosmetic, mm -hmm. you know, thing. Um, but if we're starting to see fraying cables and stuff, well, then, yeah, that's, that's good business. Um, so the insurance companies, we've never had an issue. We've never had a claim. Um, but we always work really hard to make sure people have really good quality stuff to use, too. And I've, I personally have only had one scare in the gym. I was on leg press probably midnight or so. Only person in the building. And my knee decided it was going to just completely dislocate oh. and buckle underneath me. And yeah. I have 800 pounds of... Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, this isn't good. Can't breathe. And it took me a little bit, but finally got it up a notch. You can yell because I, I live right through that back door. <laughs> because... I say this funny now, but it scared the crap out of me before. I had a gentleman on there, and all I heard was, Help! Help! I'm like, what the? Who is screaming in the gym? And I went out there, same thing. <laughs> Leg press. This guy's got his, his <laughs> knees to his ears. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap, and I'm unloading the stuff. Oh, that's probably a little too much weight. I'm like... Start a little lighter next time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it scared the crap out of me. Afterwards, it was funny. I mean, he, he jokes about it. I joke about it. Um, I, I had uh, one of my friends from Spooner here. Um, uh, Roman chair. Yep. Back extensions. Well, there is a pin that you put in the foot <laughs> oh, no. to hold it in place, oh, right? No. So he takes his 25-pound plate, and he gets on, and he leans over, and he grabs this plate, and he goes down. <laughs> and again, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> that freaking ankle attachment goes flying. He tumbles. The weight falls, splits his fingers, you know, and, and I'm just like, he's embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for him, so I'm not making a big deal out of it. His fingers are bleeding. We tape him all up. Um, so there's been some things I watch on YouTube that part of me is like, ha, 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 and that part of me is like, oh, man. <laughs> we had we had a gentleman that was walking across the treadmills one time, and one was running because one guy was doing high-intensity high interval training. He stepped on it. <laughs> floop, bam, floop, floop, bam, because there was a machine right behind him. He'd hit that machine, <laughs> get chucked back on the treadmill, roll, get chucked back into that machine, Oh, God. And as an owner, I didn't want to be the guy that's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, are you okay? So I'm sitting at the desk, like, <laughs> trying to ignore the situation because we had other members that are like, oh, no, no, yeah. Because as an owner, you're like, why would you step on a moving treadmill, for one? Yeah, right? no, why would you walk be... across the treadmill <laughs> sideways? But the other part was is he wasn't really – he was hurt. I mean, he had bruised ribs and stuff after the fact. But for me – let me let me wallow in my own stupidity and don't point it out to everybody else. That's that's sort of how I feel is don't make a big deal out of my stupidity. Just let me just go leave the gym in peace. <laughs> so I never try to make a big deal out of people's shortcomings. Um, but I always make sure that they're okay. Or but that's throw four fifteen up on the squat and you go down and you realize halfway going up that you forgot to put the safety clamp on the side because yeah. Your four plates are going off the side. Never, never had that. <laughs> I always tell people, if you're not sure, always leave them off, because I'd rather have you dump those plates than be, like, three inches shorter at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I, I'd much rather tell people, man, 
if you're not sure, leave the clamps off and then do your movement because I'd have you rather have you dump them on a chest press or something than be trapped under there. And I walk out there the next morning to a dead person. Right. Ugh. That that there would be no funny story at that point. <laughs> what was, I don't even know how the hell it happened. It was unloading a squat bar after a set. Too much off on one side and you flip it. <laughs> but I was unloading equally. Oh. And best guess is the you know clicks in yeah. since something sheared off and it dropped. Oh. And so it it dropped and then caught kind of because of the back pin and it went whoo <laughs> <laughs> and, and it went to the left. Launched and everything. I, I, <laughs> I look back over my shoulder and there's people in the rack next to me and I go get the fuck down <laughs> and they go what? <laughs> and I'm like I'm holding this bar and I feel like I'm a flag going through the air. <laughs> oh that was not they're like what are you doing I was like it broke what do you mean what am I doing there's a new guy here I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you're right there's there's 400 pounds of this bar because I don't know what I'm doing yeah so how did that? So you had the gyms established. You said mm-hmm. two thousand seven to two thousand twelve. Yep. When did you bring in the ice cream stand and then your your portable shaved ice business and then the boat rentals behind that? Oh nine, I started the ice cream business. And the funny thing was, is that was owned by some friends of the family, old retired family couple. He built it by hand, um, and it looked like it was built by hand. Um, but every time they were in Dunn County or at a fair that I might be working security or working like Dunn County, I'd, I'd swing down as I was police chief and go down to the Dunn County Fair and get my favorite cone, which was a green apple. It was a vanilla cone with green apple and caramel spun into it. Well, it tasted like a caramel apple. Mm-hmm. So when I found that they were selling it, I had purchased the gym. The one thing I remembered from my childhood, which I absolutely loved, is you'd bike into town because you didn't have a driver's license. You biked into town, you spent all day at the beach, and they had this little PX stand on there. And you could buy ice cream bars and sodas and candy, and then you'd play basketball, and then you'd go swimming. We didn't have anything like that in Shell Lake anymore. And I'm like, that was the best part of my childhood, spending my allowance on doing those things. So I'm like, I'm going to put an ice cream stand in so when that came available, I talked to them, and they're like, yeah, we'll sell it to you. And that's how that all started. And now, how many years later, we got a really cute, amazing-looking little corner lot that has all these really fun things and photo op things. And, you know, people love it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then the shave ice stand. Or then, then, then it was the boat rentals. I started with kayaks because I'm like, I'm right across the street from a lake, a big, beautiful lake. And we have a campground right across the street. So I did kayak rentals, and then I branched off into canoe and paddle boards. And then I'm like, oh, let's get a pontoon. I'm like, Dad, do you want to go into business on a pontoon? Because he's always looking to invest in something. So we bought a 22-foot pontoon, I rented that for a year or two. And I'm like, I could do another pontoon. And I bought a deck boat for a, for a gentleman that, that wanted to rent with me. So I'm like, I'll buy you that boat. So I bought a deck boat, outfitted it with like $5,000 worth of fishing equipment. Which, come to find out the other day, has never turned on because he can't figure out how to use it. <laughs> but he still rents the boat for me, which is awesome. <laughs> um, so then now, I'm, this year, I'm up to three pontoons, a deck boat, and then I threw my buddy's fishing skiing on it. You know, his Larson 190. So, um, And then I built that custom. I figured out how to weld aluminum, and I had a bunch of friends, and we custom built a two-deck two pontoon. And we take people out on cruises around Shell Lake on that and everything. So 
Um, thank God for ADHD because I would not be the <laughs> entrepreneur I am if it wasn't for the right. fact that I can't stop doing stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're going to tell me that an ice cream stand had nothing to do with the powerlifters who were coming to that yeah. gym? You know what we did? We used to sell protein where you could come out because the best time to get simple sugars in your body is right after a workout. So guys would come out and they could either bring their own protein or we would sell, you know, 25 gram scoops of protein. We'd throw it in their shakes or whatever, mix it up, and then they could have their sugar and proteins at the same time. So they want, it's like a dollar, dollar a scoop or something like that. So they one or two scoops of protein and they'd mix up their protein shakes. I'll have six. <laughs> I hate it. I'll come in from a 10, 12 hour day of work and it's not physically demanding. It's just more mentally yep. draining talking to people all day. But when the wind's blowing just right, I get the hot dog smell coming off from. Mm. The south end of town, yeah. and then your stand over yeah. here, and the wind's just kind of blowing. It's just like, uh, it's horrible. Oh, okay, no, I'm gonna go work out. <laughs> well, and that's and, and that's After the you're a hot dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't. I I try to avoid eating right before I go into the gym, or else yeah. it's just not fun. Not fun. Well, no one wants to get to the bottom of the squat and blow an O-ring. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, and that's then you're, then you're looking around like, did anyone else? Kind <laughs> <laughs> of yellow with the smell. <laughs> Well, that, and that's the hard part with living under the same roof as my gym is when we cook. If I'm cooking up salmon and couscous and, and grilling some asparagus, guess what the gym smells like? Right. Salmon, couscous, and they're like, I walk out and they're like, seriously, we haven't eaten yet. We're freaking starving. What are you cooking tonight? You know, and it's like whatever, because in the summer I'll grill, which is no big deal, I'll go outside. Mm -hmm. um, but in the winter, I always cook all the suppers and I, you know, tuna steaks or whatever. So the gym ends up smelling because it's got that cross ventilation to oh, it. Oh, God. Oh, and it just drives them nuts. We're not going. Because <laughs> you will end up with another hole. <laughs> Breakfasts are horrible when you're, you know, frying up some sausage and eggs and, and stuff like that. They're like, oh, that my God. My way through your wall. Like I, I developed willpower when I worked at a liquor store. Lend. On one side, I had Jimmy John's. Oh. And then I had uh, a bagel shop and then a Mexican restaurant. Oh. So in the morning, I'd get all the bagels. <laughs> lunchtime would be Jimmy John's. Yep. Through. Then dinner time, you get all the Mexican food. And smells <laughs> why am I always hungry? Yeah. <laughs> Can't stop funny. eating. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Us two sitting at Kiko, and he's like, I should have brought more food if I'd have known it's a 5'11", 290. I'm a small guy. <laughs> Jesus. I only have seven pork chops yeah. for three of us. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> So what would you say has been the biggest challenges you've had to work through across any of the businesses? Man, that's a tough one. Like I said, it, it's not a motivation thing because every day I'm like, what can I do today? What can I add today? What, what, what can I tweak today to make it even better than last year? Um, I don't really know. I mean, I think everything is just clicking so well. Like this year going into COVID and, and is anybody going to be around? I've had my best ice cream year. I've had my best boat rental year. I rented more boats in one month, the first month that I was open, than I did all of last year. So, you know, every, every day it's like, okay, what are we going to do for tomorrow? And I just, I really haven't hit that spot where I feel like I'm just spinning mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah. um and these are all side businesses my wife and my income alone are fine you know um but these are just things that help us do fun stuff like own way too many cars for two drivers <laughs> um and you know go to vacation and be able to go to the cities two or three times a month and, and spend a lot of money 
if that if that went away, I'd still be okay. Um, but yeah, it, that's why I think I love doing what I'm doing and have and have been graced to do it is because I just feel like every day is a good day. Mm-hmm. Now, last Saturday sucked. You know, it was one of those times in my life where you get that revelation. My dad had a massive heart attack. Um, ended up going to the hospital. Didn't know if they were going to make it in that. I have found in the last week my appreciation for things of money versus my family time has changed. He made it. He's talking again. He's going through rehab. I'll still do what I do, but I think I'm going to make sure that that doesn't consume the time I can spend with my family. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a good eye-opener for me. And luckily enough, um, I I was blessed with being able to have him around now. Um, We don't know what recovery is going to be like, but at the same time, it doesn't matter to me. Right. Because now I can go, money's great. Business is great. Success is great. Financial freedom is great, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't get to spend it with the people that you love. And quit making excuses that I'm too busy to do this and I'm too busy to do that. So uh, I'm very grateful that it happened because I think now moving forward for the rest of the year is going to give me a new appreciation towards my daughters, towards my wife, towards my family. Um, and and I'm, very, I'm very grateful to be able to move forward like that in my business. And I think that is the part I struggle with balancing life with work when I was running my painting business and then when I lost that and I had a mountain of debt to pay off working four jobs to mm-hmm. work on that and mm-hmm. doing 90 hour weeks mm-hmm. lost a lot of friends mm-hmm. you know because what are you doing um we're my fourth job today why what's up mm-hmm. well I wanted to see if you have a grab beer well I have time in uh, six months uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> can, I, can I pencil you in yeah. and it's tough as as a as a I will never I should say Knock on wood. I will never claim bankruptcy because I don't. I will never leave people hanging that put faith in me. I will work five, six jobs if I have to, in order to make those ends meet. Because I'm not going to give up on the people that that took a chance on me. And I think that's why I work so hard. Is I will make sure that everybody gets what they have coming to them. And that I'm not making any threats. I'm saying that in a good way. <laughs> because, Put the hammer down. Yeah. <laughs> sure. No fingerprints. Remember, no yeah. fingerprints. Yeah. How do you get that back? <laughs> you know. So it, it, it's just one of those things for me. And if there's somebody listening that maybe they're looking at doing their own gym, whether it's independent or franchise, or just starting a business themselves, what advice would you offer them? You know. You have to pick an area that isn't overly saturated. And, and, and that was the thing for me. I probably couldn't have reproduced this and been successful in Eau Claire. So many gyms popped up, make it a year, two, three, four, and then close. You know, there's too much competition. You got too many idiots out there as far as gym members a lot of times. And I say that in the nicest way. But when you want a new treadmill that has the new fandangled TV on it, and you want a new machine... Well, guess what? They might not be able to afford it. So what that, where's that loyalty? They're going to jump to the next gym that can. And I think it's like work now. Where's the loyalty between the business and the, and the, and the employee and the employee and the business? It, you just don't seem to see that anymore. And I see that with gyms. Well, if you can't do what I want you to do, I'm going to go here. You know, and, and so it's tough. I mean, I think starting any business has to have a couple things. you got to have a passion. you got to know that it's going to somewhat work. I mean... Just because you have a passion about it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. And you really have to look at that business plan and go, 
I can make these numbers up, but can I really hit those objectives? You know, you can lie to yourself all you want if you really, really want it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, I've, I've been, I've, I've, I've had enough rough times in my life where I just sort of bullied my way through and, and came out to regret those decisions because I wanted it and I was going to get it no matter what. <laughs> um, now it's more of a educated, thought out plan. Okay, what doesn't Shelly have? Shelly does not have a good fitness center. What does Shelly not have? It doesn't have a, you know, a really good, you know, personal training. What does Shelly not have? It doesn't have a boat rental, kayak rental, and that. What does Shelly not have? It doesn't have an ice cream stand or things for kids to come and enjoy. I try to find things that we don't have instead of finding something that everybody has, and I try to replicate it. I'm not a replicator. I'm more of an, an, that I want to be different. I want to create an experience that people come to because I believe people will pay for an experience versus just going to another gym or going to another ice cream stand or renting from another person that does boats. My customer service is above and beyond because I really believe in the people that I'm working for. And you, you definitely went above and beyond for me. I go, hey, Matt, i got to figure out how to pull a 15,000-pound truck in June. How do I train for it? He goes, oh, I know a guy with 80 feet of rope. Will that work? Perfect. <laughs> Let's rock and roll. <laughs> you know, and, and those are the things. I, my buddy that comes into town, he's like, Oh, you didn't you didn't get mayor high? He goes, I'm like, no, I lost it by nine votes. He goes, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, you're still the mayor. <laughs> he goes, you know everything that's going on in town. You know everybody that has everything. If you don't have it, you know somebody that does have it or can find it for you. <laughs> um, and I get that a lot because I'm I'm the type of business person that I want to give more business to the people in my area. So if I can't help you because you come to my ice cream stand and it has soft serve, but I know the lady across the alley has hard serve. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to not say that. I'm going to make sure that you, as a customer, are getting what you want, and that's how I've always mm-hmm. been. If you coming into town and you need something, if I don't know, I'm going to find it for you. But that's just who I am, and I love doing that for people because I think that makes more of an impression than just being out for yourself. And I think if more people did that in the line of business or just as being good person in society, how much better we would be to look out for each other instead of just looking out for yourself. And that's sort of my business plan across the board. If I can't get the right boat for you, you know what? I know MBM Guide Service and Baronet might be able to help you. You're looking for jet skis? Nope, I sold mine, but I know that M&M Rental and, and Hayward Power Sports has them up in Hayward. I'll be more than happy to help somebody out to make sure they have a good day instead of just going, well, I'm not going to tell you because then right. that you're ta- I'm losing business that way. So, you know, starting a business is, is tough, but you just, you got you to gotta have that passion and know that it, it's going to work because... There's so many things, and I see so many people that lose so much money because I'm like, why would you start that in this area? You have no demand. You have no people. you know. And, it, and it's hard to see people do stuff, and you're like, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm like, I know that's not going to work here because you only have two months' worth of tourist traffic. <laughs> you're not going to make it. And I see businesses all the time cycle through thinking, oh, that's going to be the best thing. And I'm like, Ugh, I hope you make it, but it's going to be tough. Right. And most of them don't. So business ownership is interesting. Justin, closing thoughts? Uh, I mean, nothing nothing really jumping out. I mean, nothing we haven't really covered so far. I mean, Matt, your story count sounds a lot like the start of the arena a bit. Mm-hmm. And it a, a lot about, you know, how I'm kind of moving through my things in both beverage work and, and the art world. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's yeah, it's interesting to talk with someone who's got this thing going and not just in one direction. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm going to open a gym, but I'm going to put an ice cream stand in the parking lot for the the guys that want to eat ice cream before they work out. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon, 
Uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> I've never had ice cream in my life, obviously. No, yeah. only burgers. <laughs> but no, it's it's super cool to see that though. It's especially being from not quite here, but this area growing yeah. up up here, it's uh, it's definitely nice to see things are coming in because one of the reasons I left. Yeah. Not not that it would have you know what I'm an ice cream shop wouldn't have kept you. <laughs> I mean maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's nice to see things are coming to these towns because. There was nothing. There was nothing here in this in this area. Yeah. Like most of this area of Wisconsin was pretty much just these little peppered small towns that didn't have anything in them. And to have someone come in and go, "What doesn't it have? It doesn't have this. It doesn't have this. How can I make this a reality?" It's not only cool to see from a business perspective, but super cool to see like in almost a uh, what's they're looking for. Uh, I can't think of it, like weird, um, like reminiscing. Um, I can't think of the word. Nostalgic. Yes. From a nostalgia factor where I can look back and be like, things are better than when I left. And you know who that's saying before? Small business owners that are willing to step out and start. Because you look at Spooner and Shelley, you're not seeing big corporate money. You're seeing somebody that has a dream that wants to do something for the community. And these small communities are made up of these mom and pop organizations. My brother came with absolutely no knowledge of the media aspect and he's built probably one of the if not the biggest northwest wisconsin media outlet that you can get i mean he's got people from washington dc that call him to do interviews with him to get information out from madison senators in in five years he's taken this area to instant online media press release and action with some of the biggest political names you're ever going to find plus Mm -hmm. the fastest news source he did that because, thank goodness, ADHD, we both have it, <laughs> but that passion. What don't we have here? How can I move back here, make a living, support a family, and bring something new to the area that people can actually use? And it's not just some fly-by-night, well, we're going to open this business. You know, finding that, finding that niche, finding that need, and, and providing the source for it. And he does phenomenal at it. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because we talk all back and forth all the time. And we're both self-made. And it's because, A, we're stubborn. And we really want to live here because we absolutely love the area. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want to live in northwest Wisconsin? Yeah. And I'm, I'm here now. It'll be almost two years. And I'm happy. Yeah. Definitely. It's not, I like the change of pace from living in the suburbs by the Twin Cities. Yeah. I like here because I can get to Duluth. I go to Sammy's Pizza up there. I can I can go I can go to Canal Park and grab my famous Dave's or whatever. I can go to um, the burger place there on, on Tower, um, Anchor Bar. I can jump to the cities for a night of dancing. You know, five hours, five and a half hours. I'm downtown Chicago, hanging out, doing whatever I want to do at the Science and Industry Museum. You've got so much that you can do from here, but you get to come home to home. Mm-hmm. little solitude, a little quiet. You know, you hear all the stuff that's going on in the news, and you're like, if it wasn't for my phone or the TV, I wouldn't hear about a little old chalet. <laughs> you know what I mean? The world could just destroy itself around you, and you're like, I don't know, am I going to go out to the boat today and go do some floating, or uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> well, thanks again, Matt, for taking the time to come down on the show tonight. And thank you for everyone tuning in. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you have to. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to... Hey, Gordon, I don't want to interrupt too much here, (laughs) but uh, you said that you were at ROA headquarters, then why are we back in my studio again? Well, you kind of have all the fancy equipment. Oh, okay, I won't step foot in Spooner. That's why my voice sounds much nicer than, you know, off a little portable recorder that works slicker than shit.
I mean, it does, and I mean, it works a lot of magic, but even these mics can't do sound good. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening to myself, Justin, and Matt. Uh, we had a huge just a lot of fun talking with Matt and and after the show we went even farther deep into the rabbit hole Uh, if you want to hear more Rules of the Arena make sure to go subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify and wherever you find your favorite podcasts if you want to stay up to date with new live recordings with guests follow the show on Facebook and Instagram and you can also join our conversations on Twitch just search for Rules of the Arena and you can find previous episodes that we recorded on YouTube and many of you have asked how you can support the show Please go tell your friends, family, coworkers, whoever about the show. It really helps me out. And you, if you'd like to support the show directly, head over to patreon.com. I have a little tip jar set up there. It's just $1 a month. really helps me bring you new guests and episodes and forces me to keep coming down to the studio and annoying Casey. So he has to listen to my voice more. Oh, you're not an annoyance, Gordon. <laughs> you're a thorn in the side. <laughs> Thanks again, everyone. And I will talk to you next time.